Shalom and praise the Lord. I bring you the word of God today. Uh, last week, we talked about uh, having the joy of the Lord and why we should rejoice even in the midst of our trials and temptation. And the title was Count It or Joy. And um, we talked about why we should count it all joy when you're going through trials and temptations is because God is at work in us. Our faith is growing. God is our example. And God will show up in our situation. And today, I want to continue with the same message. And the title is Choosing to Rejoice. Choosing to Rejoice in the Lord. And I would like us to look at the uh, life of Habakkuk, Prophet Habakkuk. And uh, at the beginning of Habakkuk chapter 1, we see Habakkuk complaining. The Bible says in verse 2 and 4, 2 to 4, How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing, destruction, and violence are before me? There is strife and conflict abouts. Therefore, the law is paralyzed, and justice never prevails. The wicked hem in the righteous, so that justice is perverted. And uh, maybe at this uh, instance, you could be feeling like Habakkuk, like there's no justice, there's violence everywhere, there's calamity, there's disease, there's this and that. We could be having uh, various challenges and possibly like Habakkuk, you feel I think the best thing is to complain, is to talk about it. And uh, I know sometimes you're struggling to say, even today we don't want to talk about Corona because every day, everywhere you go, that's what everyone is talking about. And how can you choose to rejoice when things around you are not working well? Like Habakkuk, we see him complaining in chapter 1. And uh, when you look at verse, um, um, verse 3, uh, verse 5, we see that God answers Habakkuk, you know, when we continue with the scriptures. And he says, look, I'm bringing destruction. So even though Habakkuk is complaining, it doesn't change the mind of God. It doesn't change the way God wants to work. And uh, he continues to complain. Verse 13, we see him saying, Your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up those more righteous than themselves? But as Habakkuk goes on and complains and continues to wait on the Lord, chapter 2, we see him waiting on the Lord. Then we see that actually he changes in chapter 3. And uh, chapter 3, Habakkuk chapter 3 from verse 17 to 19, the Bible says, Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and their fields produce no food, Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. 
I will be joyful in God my Savior. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. So we see Habakkuk changing his attitude. He doesn't change God. He doesn't change the plan of God, but he changes his attitude towards the situation and to what was what what was happening around him. And that's what God calls us to do, to change our attitude and to choose to rejoice. And today we are talking about choosing to rejoice in the Lord in spite of what is going around us. Why should we choose to rejoice? Point number one, we need to choose to rejoice because God hates complainers. He hates complaining and grabbering. We see in Numbers 11 verse 1. Now the people became like those who complain and whine about their hardships. And the Lord heard it. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled, And the fire of the Lord burnt among them and devoured those in the outlying parts of the camp. When the children of Israel complained against the Lord, they were in the wilderness, they were going to Canaan, God was not happy. Yet, being in the wilderness is not a comfortable thing. They had a good reason to complain and to grumble and not be happy. They were not having the, the, the meat and whatever else they were eating in Egypt. But still God was not happy that they were complaining. And uh, there's a book I've read, uh, uh, it says, Lord, change my attitude before it's too late. Is written by someone called James McDonald. And he says that bad attitude is what makes life dry, hard, joyless, and it becomes a patched experience. And then he continues to say, those who keep murmuring as a lifestyle will spend their lifetime in the wilderness. It's not a physical wilderness but it's a, a place of emptiness, a place of you're not fulfilled, you're not happy, you're not comfortable. Why does God keep taking us to the wilderness when we complain? Because he doesn't like us when, when we are complaining. So we need to replace a complaining attitude with a thankful attitude. We need to replace a critical attitude with a, an attitude of love. And we need to work, work at it. We need to work at it. Uh, uh, we need to work at it because attitude is something we can change. And it's about our patterns of thinking. It's about us working on those bad things, bad attitude about us. And when we stop the flow of negativity in our lives, then happiness starts to come. And uh, when, and that flow of uh, good attitude, it brings joy in our lives. So let's also replace our doubting attitude with an attitude of faith. And that is what um, James McDonough tells us. And I want to go to the next point. I've said the first point is choose to rejoice because God hates complainers and he hates grabbers. He hates people who complain. Number two. We know that God will make us better through the situation that we could be going through, through our hardships, through our trials. 
and his glory will be revealed in us. His character will be modeled in us. And we talked about God wanting us to be like gold. And um, Romans chapter 5, verse 3 to 5 tells us, And not only this, but with joy, let us exult in our sufferings and rejoice in our hardships, knowing that hardships produce patient endurance and endurance proven character and character hope. And this hope does not disappoint us because the love of God is in us. So there's some work that God is doing when uh, we are going through trials and temptation. He's changing us into himself. He's working in us like what the Bible talks about, a refiner's fire. Uh, if we look at uh, Marakai chapter 3 and verse 2 to 4, and the Bible talks about the coming of Jesus Christ. And he says, For he is like a refiner's fire, and like roderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and you purify the sons of Levi, the priest, and refine them like gold and silver, so that they may present to the Lord offerings in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord, as in the days of old and as in ancient uh, years. So there's a work that God is doing in our lives to purify us. And so he makes us better. And so we should rejoice. Like what um, Habakkuk eventually says, though the fig tree does not um, blossom, though their grapes do not um and no grapes are on the vine. Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, yet we shall rejoice. I will rejoice in the Lord. So this, why? Because God is at work in us, in our lives. He's refining us. He's working in us to make us better, to make our character, to, to become what he wants us to be. And point number three, why? We need to rejoice in the Lord. And why we should choose to rejoice in the Lord? Because once we rejoice, actually rejoicing is an act of faith. It's an act of faith. It shows you have faith in God. It shows you know God is coming. It shows you trust in Him. You've tried Him in the past and He has come through for you. And even now, He's coming through for you. Even though you cannot see it, even though you can't feel it, yes, He's still at work in your life. And so when we rejoice in the Lord, in spite of what you're going through, we reflect faith in God. And the Bible says in Psalms 5, verse 11 to 12, But let us all who take refuge and put their trust in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy, because you cover and shelter them. Let those who love your name be joyful and exult in you. For you, O Lord, bless the righteous man. You surround him with favor as with a shield. The Lord says, let that person who puts his trust in God rejoice. Why? Because he knows his cover, his protection is God. Those who love your name, let them be joyful. Why? Because the Lord blesses the righteous. The Lord surrounds the righteous with favor as with a shield. May the Lord surround you today 
with his favor is with a shield. And the fourth reason why we need to rejoice in the Lord and to choose is a deliberate action we have to make to rejoice in the Lord is because we have good examples of, the, of, of people in the scriptures who rejoiced in difficult circumstances. We see the apostles in Acts chapter 5, verse 40 to 41. They were flogged, they were whipped, but they rejoiced in the Lord. The Bible says, they said, um, then they ordered them not to speak after flogging them in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the, for the name of the Lord. Can we count it a privilege because of what we are going through? We are alive. God has blessed us. We could be going through difficulties, but it's a privilege for us to be alive and to serve the Lord. And Acts chapter 16 and verse 25 to 26, we know the story of Paul and Cyrus. They were tied, they were in jail, but they chose to sing and praise the Lord in the midst of their problems. And the Bible tells us suddenly there was a great earthquake, so powerful that the very foundations of the prison were shaken, and at once all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. As we rejoice in the Lord, as we praise the Lord, as we sing praises to Him, our doors, our prison doors are opened. Whatever is binding us, whatever is preventing us, whatever is holding us back is removed out of the way and the doors will open in our lives. May we rejoice in the Lord and may we choose to rejoice in the Lord. And the last point why we should choose to rejoice in the Lord is because the Bible tells us to rejoice. Uh, Philippians 4 from verse 4 to 5 tells us, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness, your graciousness, unselfishness, mercy, tolerance, and patience be known to all, all people. Why? Because the Lord is near. And um, Philippians chapter 3 verse 1 says, Finally, my fellow believers, continue to rejoice. Continue to rejoice. Continue to rejoice and delight in the Lord. Let us delight in the Lord. I want to summarize my points and say we need to choose to rejoice in the Lord like Habakkuk did because God hates people who complain and who grumble. Number two, we need to choose to rejoice because we know God will make us better. Our character will be changed and to be molded. Number three, we need to rejoice because it's an act of faith. It shows we have faith in God. Number four, we need to rejoice because we have good examples of people who rejoiced in difficult circumstances and God pulled them through. Number five, we need to rejoice because the Bible tells us to rejoice always, to rejoice in the Lord. And you could be listening to me or watching me and you do not know how you can get this joy. Once we receive Jesus Christ in our hearts, He's a source of our joy. He comes and changes us. We cannot change ourselves. 
He's the one who changes us. And you can invite him into your heart. The Bible says in Luke 10 verse 20, Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are recorded in heaven. Is your name recorded in heaven? And Isaiah 6, 61 verse 10 tells us, I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exult in my God, for he has clothed me with a garment of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness. Have you been clothed with a garment of salvation? Have you been adorned with a robe of righteousness? You can receive Christ in your heart and he can give you joy. He can change your life. Let's pray together. Say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I come to you. I ask you to forgive my sins and write my name in the book of life. From today, I'm a child of God. From today, I'm a new creation. In Jesus' name. If you have made that prayer, you're born again and you have received Jesus in your heart and the joy of the Lord will start to flow in your life. And you could be listening to me and say, uh, I need to change my way of doing things. I need to change my attitude. I need to change, though there are difficulties around me, there are sickness all around me, there are hardships. Uh, what can I do? I want to pray with you that the grace of God that surpasses human understanding will come into your life and help you to discard grabbering and complaining and to replace it with the joy of the Lord, to replace it with thanksgiving, to replace it with love. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I realize that I have been complaining and grabbering. I have a critical spirit. I am not grateful for the things that you've given me. I just keep looking at the negative things in my life. From today, I ask you to help me to change my way of thinking, change my perspective, change my life, and let me focus on the things that please you. Bring joy in my life and help me to love others. Flood me with your love. Flood me with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you. God bless you and see you next time. Amen.